It's a new era for the Arizona Cardinals with Jonathan Gannon taking over as the head coach and Monty Ossenfort now the GM. What can we expect from them in 2023? It's Cardinals Day, and we're breaking them down from every angle today on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. You are Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, your daily podcast for NFL and college football scouting. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's better than this? It's guys being dudes here on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. We're the Draft Dudes. I'm Joe Marino from Locked On Bills. He's Kyle Krabs from Locked On Dolphins. And we are your NFL experts here with you daily to talk team building across the league on the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making Locked On NFL Scouting your first listen every day. And of course, a big welcome and shout out to our everydayers. You know who you are. Those of you who never miss a single episode, we appreciate y'all being here very, very much. Joe, instead of a happy national made up day today, mm-hmm. I think it's appropriate for us to tip our cap to the super fans of the teams that have showed up the most throughout the course of this exercise as we are on our 31st team today. So what I have is a list of the total numbers of downloads of shows that we have done dedicated to all of the 30 teams plus Arizona and and New Orleans who are to be determined. And what I've done is I've disqualified the teams that went in the first two weeks because they have an extra week to two weeks of existence to have their shows watched versus the other shows. Have you seen this? Have you I, yeah, on this? I've, I've seen it? Okay. Yeah. So you've seen it. So, you know, we're going to give Cincinnati Bengals fans flowers. Never mind the fact that they have the most downloads period and their show ran on June 12th. And mm-hmm. this series started on May 8th. The Detroit lions who ran on the 15th of June have the third most downloads of any team. And then the Cleveland Browns fans, June 8th, one month after the start of the series, with the sixth most total downloads, but the third most that did not run in the first two weeks. Shout out to Bengals, Lions, and Browns fans. Y'all have showed up for your teams big throughout the course of this series. Small market teams, baby. Right? They care, man. I love it. Yeah, and ironically, looking at the teams down here towards the bottom. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at Kansas City, New York, New York, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, San Francisco. Mm-hmm. At the top, Cincinnati, Indy, Detroit, Carolina, Carolina Cleveland, Cleveland, Jacksonville. Come on, come on now! Thank you, small market teams. Yeah, it's 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 really cool to see the teams that don't get listened to on the four letter major market every single day for twelve hours a day to have fans of those teams come to this kind of content and really gravitate towards yeah. it and, and take to it and, and care about it. So shout out to you guys, but it, it's all your teams every day here on the lockdown network, but wanted to give our flowers to those small market te- fan bases who have shown up big as we get ready to put a bow on this series today and tomorrow. All right, Arizona Cardinals. You are center stage today. Kyle and I have taken the time to study Why'd your football you like team. That? What do you mean? Because I was working through some stuff in my throat. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you, man. 
happens. Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about them today. They're center stage. We, we've studied the film. We've studied your players. We've categorized every single player on the roster. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to break true. down the way we feel about this football team, offense, defense, and then we got to come to consensus on a few players that Kyle and I didn't quite see eye to eye on. And then again, folks, this is there, there's a big picture with all of this. We're going to get into a bunch of stuff in the coming weeks, stacking up these rosters, comparing position groups, and um, really setting the foundation for what we're expecting in 2023. But today is all about the Arizona Cardinals. We'll focus on the offensive side of the football to get things started. And I think you have to acknowledge that Kyler Murray, we don't know when he's going to be available this season, right? Late season ACL tear, quarterback that really relies on athleticism and you know his twitch and movement within the pocket, his ability to extend plays, his ability to run. And I don't think that's one that you're going to want to rush back, especially if things get off to a slow start. It's kind of a lost season, and you don't want to just put them out there to put them out there. So it's a it's an unsettled situation here at quarterback with presumably Colton Colt McCoy starting almost the, you know the majority, if not all, of this season. And so um, that tempers my expectations for Arizona in year one under Jonathan Gannon. I think there's other questions on the roster that we'll get into, but. I think right off the bat, as we focus on the offense, we have to acknowledge Kyler Murray's status. Yeah, here's the good news. Joe, you mentioned at the very top the big-picture perspective here in Arizona. Working with two first-round picks next year. You've got a new head coach, you've got a new general manager. Like, you're at square one. And I think as we talk about this team, it's important to acknowledge you are at square one and you took the proper steps to position yourself to be effective with what you're going to try to do throughout the course of this year and the following years, which is trying to build a team in the image, in the vision of your brain trust that you've put in place. Now, uh, Jonathan Gannon is a head coach. I think there's some questions there after um, what the coaching search looked like in Arizona and how that, that seemed like it was a challenge before ultimately settling on Jonathan Gannon and the timing there, obviously Philly makes the run to the Super Bowl, So you're, you get him late in the process as a result, but Monty Austin Ford's really well-respected yeah. executive and has been for a while. So I, I think that's a home run hire, regardless of whatever questions we have about Gannon and his forecast as a head coach. And uh, offensively, I like where we took some swings of the bat. Well, obviously you, you draft Paris Johnson in the first round and he's going to get playing time early. He's got guard tackle flexibility. So I know he's right now penciled in at left guard next to DJ Humphreys. Uh, Michael Wilson is a. Can we we have a Paris Johnson conversation while you brought him up here? Yeah, go ahead. Because I love Paris Johnson, but I love him at tackle. I mean, this guy's got length and athleticism for days. Like all of his best attributes are going to be featured at tackle. And we see it. We saw it at Ohio State night and day. What this guy was at right guard is, you know, whatever it was, 2021 and then 2022 playing left tackle. Like he unlocked so much of himself as a player because his best attributes are on display at tackle. What's the rush? I just want to see him at tackle. What's the rush? Is you just pick this guy in the top 10. He's going to be a foundational piece of your roster. Get him in the damn spot that he's going to be able to play and help your team the most. Maybe I'm biased here because I saw Laramie Tunsil spend his first year at left guard before Brandon Albert moved out. And if you're athletic and you've got the traits, I'd rather have you play that. What are you going to do? Are you going to dump DJ Humphreys entirely? Are you going to have him move spots? The whole was, was solid, right? This has been on my mind all morning as we 
I knew we were going to have this conversation. I did not. So you blitzed me here. I like well, it. I've just been thinking about it a lot because you, you have really four guys that tackle that intrigue me. DJ Humphreys, of course, Paris Johnson, of course, Josh Jones and mm-hmm. Calvin Beecham. As I look at this season being a foundational year for Arizona, right? You can kind of find out who your your parts are that you're going to work with moving forward. I don't think Calvin Beecham is going to be part of that. Is he a serviceable starting right tackle? Yes. But I, I would want to see more from Josh Jones. I'd want to see Paris Johnson. I would figure out a way for potentially someone to play right tackle. And get, I, I just want Paris Johnson to be the left tackle. I, that, that's the forecast here. I know DJ Humphreys has been a fixture there. I would find something else to do with DJ Humphreys, even if that's right tackle, even if that's a left guard, and I'd get Paris Johnson in the left tackle spot. Isn't there some value, though? Because, I mean, whether it's Colt McCoy, Clayton Toon, I know there's there was some buzz this week that Clayton Toon might get a look at the start of the season before Kyler's healthy. But you're trying to evaluate everything, right? Is that, is that, I mean, you're trying to yeah. evaluate quarterback play. You're trying to evaluate skill players. Is there not some value to having the best possible combination of five and an effective offensive line to help you evaluate all of the pieces that you have? I I think it's big. I think Paris Johnson becoming the best version of himself as quickly as possible is going to be best for this football team. But what's the rush? Like Paris Johnson's not going to be the difference in you making the playoffs in 2024 or not. No, but I just want to see him play tackle. I think that this is best qualities are unlocked the tackle. Okay, so we have a distinct philosophical difference here, and that's fine. Uh, but I, I know we're got more ground to cover on yeah. the offensive side of the ball. But I also know we we're on a schedule. We got to keep this thing moving. So yeah. we're we're gonna get ready. We're I guess we'll continue offense here after a very important message. Correct? Yeah, of course. FanDuel, take your first swing at betting Major League Baseball on FanDuel and get ten times your first bet amount in bonus bets. Up to $200. That's right. Just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets. Win or lose, that's $200. You can spend betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to hit the first home run. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet on Major League Baseball than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Do we need to continue the offensive line debate? Like, what, 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 what would you do? Okay, like, are you are you trading DJ Humphreys? You could trade DJ Humphreys in yeah, I'd think a lot about space. It. And... I'd think a lot about that, or Calvin Beancham. I'd absolutely think about moving on from one of those players. If you did move Humphreys, who's coming into year eight, Mm -hmm. he's 29 years old. He'll be 30 at the end of this season. He's got three years remaining left on his deal. Uh, Base salaries of five and a half this year, 15.7 next year, and then 15.7 again in 2025. Those are the base salaries. Effectively, what whoever would trade for him would bring in. Um, you would save five point six against the cap this year, but then incur thirteen point eight in dead cap in twenty twenty four. If you're the Cardinals to trade him, I got to check Beecham, but yeah, I find a way to. I think it's a great idea. Move on from one of these players, get some assets. But 
I'm trying to get my most intriguing five players on the field that I think have a chance to be fixtures for me. And I think Paris Johnson's obviously one of those. I think Josh Jones should be one of those. And find ways to get those guys into the lineup. Are are you mentally I mean, they brought Beecham back. Yeah. Would you trade Beecham? I mean, the the Beecham pathways, it's the next two years he's owed three point six million dollars in cash this year and one point five the following year. That's a lot I more mean, digestible. He, yes, that there's there's no so if you move from Beecham, is Paris Johnson playing right tackle or is DJ Humphreys playing right ta- or right tackle? I want Paris Johnson to be my left tackle. Okay. Well, I I don't know if that's going to happen, brother, but I get it. I, I'm just telling you what I would do. Like, I, I understand that that's probably not what's going to happen. I'm just saying how I would approach it. The rest of the offense, we deserves com- conversation. Yes, it does. Um, I think you have some youth at the skill group that you're, you're hoping to figure out what Trey McBride is. Obviously he was a second round pick in, in last year's draft in 2022. Michael Wilson. I, I like as a, athletic, dense, big-bodied receiver with some physicality, which I think they desperately needed when you're looking at Marquise Brown, Zach Pascal, Greg Dortch, Rondale Moore as the other primary wide receivers on this row. Having somebody with some level of physicality on the outside, mm-hmm. I, I think is there, there's a lot of upside there. Um, and then speaking of Dortch and Rondale Moore, Dortch is, what, a three-year vet, and Rondale's coming into year three this year. Uh, I think you got to figure out what you have in those pieces. But Hollywood Brown, the investment that it took to get him in-house aside, and Michael Wilson with Ertz and McBride, I would love to see a lot of 12 personnel. Um, obviously, that's very different from what they have been under Cliff Kingsbury. So I think that that element here makes this very much an evaluation year uh, to kind of figure out who are we going to continue to move forward with or not. I'm really excited about Greg Dortch. Uh, I thought he really came on last season, had some big-time productive games. I think he can be a really serviceable slot player and and maybe even an impact slot player. So that's a guy who I think the direct the arrow is, is pointing up for him. I'm very excited to see how he evolves. Um, what do you think about this running back situation? James Conner, obviously a ter- certain type of skill set. He's had some production, some durability issues, but – the depth there, you know, we'll see what Keontae Ingram is. Corey Clement, kind of a third back special teams type guy. You know, Connor and Ingram is is an interesting pair um, that I don't necessarily look at and say we can fully lean on them with the absence of a, a quarterback, right, the, in Kyler Murray not being available. But I think they're going to get a lot of run, right? They're going to get a lot of opportunities to to try to to try to give them a. a a running game that they can lean on, but we'll see if Connor can stay healthy and then what that depth looks like. I mean, Connor, I mean, hasn't touched the ball more than 200 times as a ball carrier, but once since 2018, right? And that was in 2021 when he posted all those touchdowns. Now, yeah, if you include uh, receiving, he's been a, pretty high volume receiving player effectively since he came into the league uh, his rookie season yeah. aside. I mean, there's a lot of targets there. So uh, from a fantasy football perspective, of course, you know, backs who can catch the ball really help move the needle. And I would not be surprised if that trend continues just based off of 
what we're expecting the offense to look like and the offensive line to look like with what the interior is with Hernandez and Frol Yelta. Yelda. 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 Yelda Froholt. We did the yeah. research on that one. Yeah. Yelda Froholt as like two or three interior guys and then potentially a rookie tackle starting at the other guard spot unless Joe Marino gets his way. Um, and then either Colt McCoy or uh, Clayton Toon is your starting quarterback until Kyler Murray comes back. I, I just think, you know, probably this is not going to be the spread, robust, big play type of offense that Arizona has tried to be. Uh, in the past couple years. So would not be surprised to see you know, Connor have himself a really productive season as a, an all around threat in the backfield. All right. Can we, we're going to shift to defense kind of mid segment here. Yep. Um, obviously Jonathan Gannon, a defensive minded head coach coming over and taking luck, over brother. this unit. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's going to have some challenges here. I think they've got uh, a lot of work to do personnel wise. Um, one thing that we know that is a staple of Jonathan Gannon is rotation with the defensive line. Um, they had 70 sacks last year for the Philadelphia Eagles, and he really attributed that to guys being fresh. And obviously the caliber of talent here is nothing like what he had with the Eagles, but I'm interested to see what he can get from some of these guys up front. I mean, Raji Sanders, B.J. Ojolari, who I really like. Mm -hmm. Cam Thomas, they picked him fairly high two years ago. Um, is there something to unlock with LJ Collier, former first round pick of Seattle, never really came to fruition. Now he's with Arizona, Victor D who's been reasonably interesting. Jesse Lucetta, who, I mean, that's not a guy I'm ever going to bet, bet against. So I'm interested to see with this front, especially on the edge, who he can help unlock as part of this rotation. And through that, who steps up and really commands a lot of snaps here. Again, not of like a lot of blue chip talent here, but there's some intriguing young players that, are going to get opportunity. So if we go odd front, right? assuming you go odd front, you got two B-gap defenders and an A-gap defender. Here are the names that are going to live in that world, in this division. Rashard Lawrence, Kevin Strong, Dante Stills, Carlos Watkins, Lecky Fotu, LJ Collier, John Ledbetter. Not great. Joe. Unserious. They are going to get ran over up front i just do not think we have the horsepower here so you can rotate these guys all you want that is the big challenge for arizona in my mind is defensively up front and then by the way you brought in kaiser white who's familiar with the system but is a 220 pound linebacker right and then you have zavin collins trying to live in this world where he's learning a new system. He has been very up and down thanks to instability defensively with his role in, in Arizona. Playing behind that front, like if Collins is going to have success, there's a lot that has to go right mm -hmm. based off of what he's been, what he's asked to do, what he's going to be asked to do in this defense. And I don't think he's going to have a lot of help to do it. So I feel for Zayvon Collins as a first round pick in the same way that we're, I know we're both sympathetic to Isaiah Simmons in the situation that he was put in, that it took him as long as it has for them to feel like, oh, yeah, kind of guy played on the hash in college. Maybe we should play him more in the nickel. And then lo and behold, he's good in the nickel instead of trying to make him a stack off all linebackers. So that's not the problems of Monty Austin Fort and, and Jonathan Gannon, but those are the sins of the past regime that you're looking at. Why hasn't Arizona had a lot of success drafting and developing? And it, you really feel like they picked players – 
without having a prominent plan on how they were going to get them to be the best versions of themselves. So uh, that's the concern that I have is a high leverage player like Zayvon Collins, who had a lot invested in him. The group that you have in front of him is, is not going to anchor the line particularly well, especially against heavy hitting offensive line like Seattle, and especially against a heavy hitting offensive line like San Francisco and how much they're going to run the ball. All right. I want to, Talk about the secondary here after a quick break. And of course, we're going to come to consensus as we continue this conversation on the Arizona Cardinals today on the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast. Well, Kyle, if there's anything to feel good about on this Cardinals defense, it's got to be the safety tandem of Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson, right? I think mm-hmm. that's that's your that's your area of strength in terms of starters. I mean, Buda Baker, a player that we both agree is a roster cornerstone. I mean, we'll see if there's a long-term future. I know that there was a trade request. Nothing's really happened. We'll see. Um, but when he's on the field, this guy's a high-impact safety, and he's got a, a nice running mate in Jalen Thompson alongside of him as a serviceable starter. So I, I, I like those two starters, but sorting out corners is going to be really interesting to me. I feel like their best players at their best player at corner might be Rashad Fenton. I don't, I'm not sure if he's going to start or not, um, but there's some resume there of good play that intrigues me. And I'd love to see between Rashad Fenton, Garrett Williams as a draft pick, we'll see what his health status is, and Antonio Hamilton to kind of be your featured corners uh, that emerge from this pack. But I feel like we had questions about Arizona at corner for a long time, and I'm not sure that we're closer to having answers right I'm, now. I'm mildly intrigued by what Marco Wilson can can be too. Um, I know he's had some high flashes of play. Um, but yeah, you look at, I'm just as concerned with the corner room as I am with the defensive line, the interior, the, your A and B gap defenders. You, you don't have a lot of proven track record. Uh, you have a number of players who have kind of been discarded from numerous spots in spite of being young players. Yeah. Uh, that's not a good trend. Garrett Williams, I, I think there's plenty to get excited about there as a player who was off the radar throughout the draft process because of an injury, right? Yep. Um, gets drafted, what, I believe the third round, if I remember correctly. And you're just going to let those guys go out and play. But, I mean, if we're talking corners, Isaiah Simmons and Keetrell Clark is the appealing part of the corner room for me, and they're both nickel players. So how you handle coverage on the outside, uh, I don't care how good your safeties are. I just think you're not going to win a lot of matchups on the perimeter unless these guys really emerge very quickly. And that's fine. Again, that, that, that through the lens and the perspective of what Arizona is as a team, they're a rebuilding franchise. So you have a lot of youth, a lot of inexperience. Let that competition play out. See who elevates their game and then take that information and decide on where you want to invest from here because you have a surplus of assets because of the trade that you made to go back from, what, 3 to 12 to 6 and getting Paris Johnson getting an extra first-round pick in the process. Like, that's good process. Yeah, This is this roster is in line with where you would expect Arizona to be from a team-building perspective. It's just not going to be a pretty product this year. But everybody understands that. This is not tanking, right? This is shredding it down to the studs and building it back up. But as, as you look at what they have, you're hoping to find reasons for optimism. I don't see a lot of it on the defensive side of the ball for Arizona. 
All right, so we got some players to come to consensus on. If I'm not mistaken, Greg Dortch, Will Hernandez, and Chris Barnes? That's correct. All right. And you already kind of went off on Dortch. So yeah, I'm so excited. I'm excited about Dortch, man. Um, I have him as a pink, which is an incomplete evaluation because last year he got some opportunity, had some very productive games, really showcasing well, himself well as a route runner, as a guy with good hands. I, I, I liken him to to Jamison Crowder, um, you know, watching him at Duke and then what he was for Washington early on. Uh, I think he can be that type of player, and, and I think the arrow is pointing up. So I think he's a pink, potentially at least quality depth, and, you know, maybe a guy that can earn a, a yellow label as well. That's 5'7", yep. 70 pounds. Yep. We're in a mid 4'5". Yep. Just that that for me is just where I kind of got stuck. And I understand some of the handcuffs were based on the offense last year, too, right? But are we averaging nine yards a catch for our career? The guy went had some big time production. I I understand he was targeted a ton, but how difficult is it to find somebody who's gonna catch 54 out of 62 targets when your average depth of targets like three yards? And then you try to expand and extrapolate on that. And there's just not an athletic profile there that gives me a great sense of comfort that there's going to be a lot more. Now, with this offense, what I will concede to you is somebody has to catch the football and they can't just run the ball every down. So I would not be surprised to see him be a high volume target. But as this roster graduates and matures and you get more talent, is Greg Dorch going to be your wide receiver two and a half? Probably Maybe. not. Maybe I'd be stunned. I'm so just, that I, for me was was where I was like, I I just don't see a super appealing future path beyond a the opportunity that's going to come this year because the offense is what the offense is going to look like, and then b the athletic profile. I'm just I'm asking for a pink here as an incomplete. Fine to see how it evolves because the arrow's pointing up. It's fine, it's fine. All right, all right, it's fine. Uh, Chris Barnes. Okay. You had him as a replacement level player, if I remember correctly. That's right. And I remember Chris Barnes because I had the Packers for regional scouting last year. I remember watching a good amount of Chris Barnes, and I always just thought that there was uh, some appeal there as a player. Obviously, this is a fourth-year player, played his first three seasons in Green Bay, started 23 games his first two years in 20 and 21. Uh, Reasonable levels of production. Not particularly good against the pass, but I think he's a reliable tackler. I think he's pretty physical. He's well slapped together out of UCLA, 230-pound backer with some athleticism. I just, uh, I get it. They they drafted his replacement in Quay Walker and you know, kind of transitioned away there. So I understand that, that that kind of puts a glass ceiling on what you would forecast for him. But I think if he's your third or fourth linebacker, you, you're – in decent shape. My, I, I think I would agree with you that when I've watched Chris Barnes play for the Packers, I thought he was decent. Where I leaned into the orange label, the replacement level, is that this is a player that had three years in Green Bay and, like you mentioned, had some starting opportunities early on. But what bothered me was the special teams profile. Like, if you're going to be the third linebacker, I need you to be a four-phase special teams player and 
they the Packers never really allowed him to be a four phase guy. Um, so that that was kind of my critique of him as a as a depth player. Um, right. may, maybe that'll unlock in Arizona. I'm not sure, but you I think, think about his thirty percent of the special team snaps his first two seasons. Now he hardly played last year, and he also only dressed in what a third of the games. Yeah, well, and I think a, a lot of those snaps that he played seventy four. Of the 239 career special team snaps that he's taken, we're on the field goal block team. I want to see more kick return. I want to see more punt return type stuff. As a third linebacker, do you have to play teams? Yes. I get if it's your fourth or fifth, but if he's your third, and he's the third in Arizona, let's be be honest, right? Right, but I mean, what's his snap percentage? If everyone's healthy, what's his snap percentage going to be on defense? Minimal. Less than 20%. No, I'd say more than 20%. No, teams don't play three let's go, linebackers. Let's go. Let's go. They don't play three linebackers. It's he's, not played a thing 52, in the 50, he's played over 50% of the snaps in two of his three seasons in Green Bay. I I, I put a box of Bilt Bars on over 20% defensive snap share for Chris Barnes. Of total snaps that the Arizona Cardinals play or percentage of games that he, the snaps that he's games Chris, he's active in? Which would you be more comfortable with? Well, I need to have injury thresholds and everything placed on. Okay, here. so maybe we maybe we do some legwork and finalize yeah. that. But yeah. like, I'd I'd be willing to put a box built bars that, on a bet that Chris Barnes plays more than twenty percent snaps. I'm probably I'm probably going to take it if you agree to my injury stipulations. Because like, if he starts, then that changes everything, and it's there was one injury away. <laughs> it's gonna if, be if he's the third be linebacker, Booker all over again. <laughs> if he's the third linebacker behind Kaiser White and Zayvon Collins, I don't think he touches twenty percent of snaps. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's fine. I'll meet you on your quality depth label. Thank you. Which just leaves Will Hernandez. I think Will Will Hernandez stabilized himself after a bumpy finish with the Giants. Obviously, Joe Judge is the head coach, kind of a team in disarray. I think he came to Arizona and, and has stabilized his play well enough for me to say that he's a low-end sufficient starter. He got a decent contract from this regime, extension this offseason. At a minimum, a depth player. That's kind of where I would I would view Will Hernandez. Would you meet me at quality depth? I mean, if that's where I have to go, that's fine. Getting paid four and a half million a season here for two years. I understand that, but and you know that. I've watched. I, I'll other, take. I'll I've, take. I've watched. Depth. I've watched I'll, other teams give like Dan Feeney three and a half this year. To, right, to literally be a, to be right to be a utility player, it's in the same ballpark. All right, I'll go quality depth. That's fine. Okay. Now he's he's going to start right. And, and look, if if you get the same kind of play again, maybe I'd hear you this time next year. I, I actually probably would hear you this time next year. But just with how bad it was in New York, I think we need a little bit more separation away from that before I'm willing to say. Yes, Will Hernandez is somebody that I ideally would like to be in my starting five. Is that fair? Man, I can go back to this offensive line. I want to see Lasitis Smith start as well. How do I get Smith, Jones, Johnson on the field in their most optimum spots? That would be my number you one don't priority. Sign Froholt. That's how you get that. That doesn't preclude me from doing anything. Oh, yell to Froholt. Get it. Come at me, pronunciation police. And they brought in Dennis Daly, too. Now that now that's a guy that can't see the field. <laughs> that can't happen. 
That, we we know what you are, Dennis right, Daly. Is right, playing, that, right, that guy don't need to make the team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so from a roster quality perspective, Joe, uh, they are neck and neck with the L.A. Rams Ooh. at the bottom of this list. And they are our 31st team. When you count for quarterbacks, the Rams will be a better team. So this is, we still have to do cross checks and quality checks. But I think the separation is enough where you can say, Arizona, you should be coming into this ex- this season with the expectation that you're going to be in very significant contention for the number one overall pick. And you have Houston's first round pick. And you have Houston's first round pick. What you're going world? you're going to get some really good football players. Dude. <laughs> like and that's what you're excited about, right? Yes. Like that that's what you should be excited about is what this can look like with the assets that you've collected and that being a fast track process for you. So, we'll be long for the ride, but just as a rebuilding team, if you're in the the driver's seat from a roster construction perspective, you have enough questions, you have enough young players, where that's kind of your expectation and you have extra assets, I think you've done some stuff right to to have the integrity of honesty of what you need to do to get your team back to where you want it to be. So I, th- I think that this regime should be applauded for that, even though we are saying hey, you guys don't probably don't have a very good team this year. It's okay. It's good. That's how it should and, be. And Cliff and Kime are gone. That's going to do it for us here on this episode of Locked on NFL Scouting. I'm Kyle Krabs. He's Joe Marino. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We appreciate you guys for making us a part of your day. Come on back and see us again tomorrow. We'll get the New Orleans Saints. And then tomorrow night on the YouTube channel, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, it's live takes on takes. So bring your hot takes to the YouTube channel. That will be our Friday show as well. So lots of good content coming your way. Plan accordingly, and we hope to see you then. Peace.